The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Storm Debbie, we want to talk about, uh, first of all, uh, Brian Tapley is with me, who's the Regional Customer and Delivery Project Manager with the ESB. Uh, Brian, uh, you are welcome to the show. What is the latest in terms of power outages? Good afternoon. Um, Yeah, we're just slightly below 40,000 customers are still without supply. Um, So I suppose that's down from 100,000 first thing this morning. Um, the areas wor- still worst affected are, uh, if it narrows in, it's kind of Longford, Roscommon, Toome, Mullingar and Athlone. And I suppose, uh, look, we're still we're still working to repair faults uh, and we'll continue to do so for, for a little bit further. So, I mean, there, there are teams then out uh, working as they always are from the ESB in these inclement conditions uh, when we have them and, and they, they have to be commended for that work. When do you expect, though, Brian, that people who are without power might have it back. Yeah, look, I, th- I think we'll st- we're still continuing to work into the, into the evening, so that figure of 40,000 will drop further. Um, I'd say by around kind of 6pm this evening, we'll have a better feel for the, the numbers of customers and where they are that may remain out overnight. Um, but we're, we're continuing to work to make that, reduce that number as low as possible. Um, so, so I'd say by about six o'clock, mm. we'll feel for who's going to remain out overnight. But we we aim to have that forty thousand figure much reduced. And wh- when you have a situation like this, Brian, and there's kind of several power outages in a lot of different locations, I mean, is it a case of kind of first come first serve, or is there an element of triage that you know you say, well, listen, if we repair this line, we get X amount more, uh, you know, houses back onto the grid? How do you make the decisions? Yeah, so first and foremost, we, we look at emergency calls and safety critical calls. So anything that poses a risk to life or, or, or a, is a hazard, we will attend first. Um, I suppose secondly, then, we we try and get power back w- without having to do any repair. So if we can use our, the automatics that we have on our network to, to get power back without having to deploy crews, we'll do that next. And then we look at uh, where the largest number of customers are part of a fault. So if we can do fault repair and get thousands of customers back, we'll do that before uh, sending a crew out to a single call. And um, so that's kind of mm. the criteria we use, yeah. And um, um, what about the, the conditions your crews are working in at the moment? What What is it like out there? What's the feedback? Yeah, look, it's still quite windy. Um, so there's still a yellow level storm alert uh, in some parts of the country. So it, 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 it doesn't help fault repair because a lot of it is overhead and a lot of it's climbing. Um, and now as, as the evening is getting darker as well, that just kind of poses another challenge. But um, So conditions aren't great, and the fact that the days are shorter this time of the year doesn't help either. But, um, but look, we're, we're still struggling on. All right. Well, listen, Brian, we might touch base with you a little bit later in the show to find out uh, how things are going. Hopefully things keep moving in the right direction in that regard. Joanna Donnelly is with me uh, as well, a meteorologist with MetAaron. Um uh, Joanna, I mean, not not to be dismissive of people who are without power and people in Galway, for example, who have been flooded and we're going to be talking to some of them in a few minutes. I mean, from a meteorological point of view, was this just your your standard winter storm or was there anything notable about it? Oh, no, it was a, a very deep and rapid moving, um, aggressive, well, violent storm nearly um, in, in terms of how quickly it moved through, how quickly it deepened the, the path it took. Um, it, it, it was a very... A strong winter storm, and I, I don't think there was anything ordinary about it. It was a, a red level uh, event in many parts of the country, so it was uh, certainly a, a very significant event at this time of year. How high did winds get in those red counties? 
Uh, well, we had a, a couple of mean winds. So we, we measure winds in, in different manners. And of course, you have to remember that there is, as, as dense and all as it is, there is a sparsity of um, official observed stations across the country. So we have a, a couple of numbers here. From Macehead, we had an 89 kilometre uh, per hour mean wind. So that's the wind averaged over a 10 minute period. And we had similar in Athen, right in the centre of the country there, 83 kilometres per hour in the mean wind. That was around 4.30 in the morning. And then we had strong gusts across the country as well, of course. And those are the, the strong winds that come out of nowhere, let's say, and, and um, take people by surprise. So we had gusts up around the 115 mm. kilometres per hour. I know there were reports on social media of people observing um, stronger winds in their, their own stations and various based around the country. So, you know, we have a, a large network that we can draw upon for information, but those are our official stations. Well, I was watching your colleagues in the news last night um, uh, uh, on the weather after the 6-1 when I think I was watching and um, uh, the, the kind of satellite images they were using, they were pointing out that the storm hadn't kind of become evident to the to, to, to the untrained eye yet. I just thought it was interesting. They said, you know, it, it hasn't really formed it, but it, it will form in and around here and that's where it's going to sweep across the country. I mean, is it normal yeah. for it to kind of, to form that quickly Come and that, that quickly. late? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it depends. There's a lot of, um, a million variables go into predicting the path and the development of anything. We, You know, what we can sometimes see these things develop off of what's called an elongated trough, so a big deep loop in the eyes of Ireland. Yeah. We've, the interaction with the jet stream above, I'm going to get real technical on you now, <laughs> you know, you get a, a left exit, as you call it. You know, there's... Um, there's uh, forcing factors that will then uh, deepen the low and make that circulation happen. And then it comes zipping on through the computer models that they can capture that now, even um, a few days out in advance is, is miraculously couldn't do that 10, 15, 20 years ago. So the fact that we can do it now and do it so well is, uh, you know, it's life saving. We've got mm. people to stay at home in that critical period of time. And and the fact that you got people to stay at home, I mean, <laughs> You know, a lot of people look at that and say, well, that's a mark of success of the, the weather warning system. Others inevitably criticise it. You know, this kind of as sure as night follows day, people give out when, when weather warnings are issued, either that they that a, a more uh, severe warning should have been issued or when a severe one is issued that the, the weather wasn't bad enough. It's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Oh, it's absolutely one or the other. Yeah, you can predict whether you're going to hear that it was uh, not uh, not a high enough colour. I think we need to probably, to, to satisfy everybody, we need to go purple next time. You know, there's always going to be people that it wasn't high enough or it was too high. You get that regardless of what weather happens and where it happens and who it happens to. Uh, uh, there is one obvious shortcoming again to, to talk about the the, the the news last night watching the the, the weather um, we had kind of Kerry in red and you had the entire kind of sea mass of the southwest of Ireland all in red and then this kind of orange finger poking out into it in the Bear Peninsula and <laughs> you know we, we kind of use what the Normans decided were the county boundaries eight or nine hundred years ago to determine where it gets weather warnings but you couldn't give Bear a red because you'd have to give Yall red it's it, it it is one of the shortcomings isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we are bound by the technology that we have available to us. And we are, you know, we, we also endeavour to communicate through our app, through our radio, through our website, on our uh, television channels to communicate as best we can. And of course, across all of the radio channels as well, to try to add value to that warning system. So if you could try not to take any single particular 
on its own. You know, you have to add the value that yeah. we do try to add across all of the uh, media channels there. Yes, we have a we have a forecast for the sea. So we have the sea area forecast and the warnings at sea. Obviously, the winds are much stronger on the sea because the winds are uninterrupted as they move across the sea. They're um, not stopped by friction, which starts to come into place over land. But we have to warn separately for the sea for those stronger um, values, and then of course the land mm. uh, mass has to be delineated there. You know. There's just, at this point in our technology, we just don't have that to be able to say. And there in that very spot, it's yeah. going to be it's just not. But we do add value. You know, it's not like we leave it as only this one medium where you're going to be warned. We, we do warn across all of our media channels. That's true. Uh, listen, uh, Joanna, as always, thanks a million for joining us. Joanna Donnelly from uh, Met Erin. Uh, Martina Canan is with me. She's a Fianna Fáil councillor uh, from Claren Bridge in Galway. And as you will have been hearing in the news headlines, uh, businesses and uh, homeowners in Claren Bridge uh, dealing with the aftermath. That, how bad did it get, Martina? What has been the damage? Good evening. Uh, good evening. Um, well, it's very hard, I suppose, this evening to put in words to really explain the damage or actually to actually give you the extent of the damage that was done but all I could say is it was like a mini tornado coming through the through the centre of the village um, when I went up there at half seven this morning course to eight and I live a kilometre away from the centre of the village it was like a different world you know going in that's how close you know the, the difference in it but I mean to say uh, the businesses are devastated uh, is an understatement Um you know, um, we have we are here this evening without our main supermarket. We have no chemist. We have no garage. We have all our uh, hairdressers. All small businesses are gone. They're all decimated. Now, um, I, I understand, and you know, well, the most important thing I, I think I want to say here this evening is we have no loss of life, and that's really important because when you actually see the way things were thrown around the village, huge pieces of, of furniture, um, to see cars moved from where they were parked into the middle of the road, to see um, a porta cabin on top of a wall, to see um, large containers of oil pushed halfway down a couple of hundred metres. It's the force of the water was just unbelievable. But to me, what's really, and I think it's shock that's that's um, in the village at the moment, how something can just happen within a couple of hours. But the concern now is that we, you know, that this has happened in Middleton a couple of weeks ago. It's happened here in Clarenbridge. What's going to stop it happening again in a couple of weeks? And I suppose the media to ask now is that, you know, that we need, we need the fun, need funding to come down immediately, and it, and I understand that the minister is going to extend down to Galway and down to Clarenbridge and or more, and you know the system that's there, the most scheme that's there. But I believe after looking at the devastation, it's not going to be sufficient. We're not talking about thousands, tens of thousands, we're talking about hundreds of thousands. So, and as well as that, I suppose where we need to look at is what's really concerning is. There's nothing to stop this happening again to the village, you know, when we're put back together again. And that's the most, that's the bigger question. You know, what do we do to stop this happening again? 
Listen, uh, Martina, thanks a million uh, for joining us uh, and explaining the situation there where people find themselves, uh, businesses and homeowners uh, in Claren Bridge in Galway. Martina Canan, who is a Fianna Fáil uh, councillor there. Mary McCarthy is with me as well, columnist uh, with the Irish Independent. And Mary, you, like uh, lots of other people, uh, ourselves included, had to kind of uh, make plans this morning because uh, schools are starting late, I take it. Hello, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. Yes, do you know what, Kieran? I did a full 360 on this uh, on the on the school closures because last night I was very cross because I mean Monday morning, you know, there's so much going on. The house is upside down. Your to do list is <laughs> huge, and you got to go into work. I mean, it's just it's it's really like emergency time. And uh, I was very cross. Loads of other parents were very cross, and you know, I I feel very arrogant because I actually brought my kids to the park to play football because all their friends were online like at nine o'clock this morning playing Fortnite, right? And I was like, look, it's Monday morning. You're not playing Fortnite. It's not that bad out there. Let's go to the park. So we actually went to our local park, kicked the ball around. I walked them to school. Our school was open at 10.30. And then, Kieran, I walk home and I discover this enormous tree has fallen down at the end of my road in Ranla. Like, it's a huge tree. And it's a miracle that nobody was killed, right? Because that road is always really busy with kids scooting. You've got loads of cars going down. Like, it's a really busy road. And it was just amazing. There's actually, there was a workman actually sitting in his van and he got out of the car, or he got out of the van like two seconds before the tree fell on it. Like, you wow. can read that story. It's, yeah, it's in the Indo now. It's just gone on to the Indo there. So, I mean, it was just so lucky. So I've changed my tune. I, I do feel very subdued because I was so cross. You know, I was like giving out yards. My neighbor had gone to the gym at half five and his crash wasn't open until 11. So he was like, what? what's going on? And I was really just full of the complaints. And then I walked home and I saw, and that is why they closed the schools. And I, I won't give out about it ever again because it's just, you can't, it's an act of God. You know, yeah. that tree was a healthy tree. It, apparently it was a healthy tree. I mean, obviously... You know, the, we need more inspection and pruning of trees. This is, you know, that's a third tree actually in our area that's gone down in five years. But I mean, the, 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 there's only so much you can kind of do. Yeah. You know, these these things will happen. So that's why the schools are closed. So yeah, the full 360 or 180, I think. The 360, Mary. It's a it's a 180. Three 360. You'd be back where you started, sure. <laughs> right. Stuck. Yeah, no, I'm a 180. I'm not giving out anymore. I'm giving out not giving out anymore. Listen, it's good to talk to you as always. Uh, Mary McCarthy is a columnist with the Irish Independent. We also spoke to Martina Canan, to Joanna Donnelly, and Brian Tapley. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.